0: Thank you for joining us on The Coaching
1: Podcast. As part of the SIN Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinasi.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SIN Network Coaching Podcast. My name is Dino Senesi and I'm the Director of Coaching for the SIN Network. And today is an extra special day. I have a co-host, and my co-host is Kathy Litton, and she works with Church Planter Wives. Kathy, welcome to the co-hosts.
0: Hey, Dino. It's great to be with you today.
2: Yeah, G- glad to get you out. How's everything going in L.A.?
0: You know what? You're just mocking Lower Alabama. <laughs> I, I, I see it. I see it. You know what? It's pretty nice down here. No snow in Lower Alabama today.
2: Yeah, very good. And, and really, beyond the mockery—so you called me out, and I deserved it because I was mocking you. Uh, you but were. Be, but beyond, beyond the mockery, uh, what you're doing with spouse uh, wives uh, and your, uh, for church planter uh, wives is incredible and you bring uh, something refreshing to the whole picture, you bring balance to the room, and really to make up for the deficit, we need to be out of balance. So you bring some out of balance in the room too, Kathy.
0: Well, I tell you what, it is a great opportunity to represent these wives that are out there. And and you and I know, and I know you believe this, they are full partners in advancing the gospel beside their husbands. And so uh, I'm so glad to be on the seat of the bus. And I think that strengthening the wives will strengthen him, strengthen church. And it's just just an exciting time.
2: Yes. And God has you here to help us understand more. Uh, I believe that... uh, a church planter's wife is a church planting wife. She is a that's church right. planter herself, and uh, so that's uh, it's it's exciting to know that we see the whole picture of a church planter and what God is calling him to do. And the church planter that's in his home, I believe his children are church planters too, actually. Mm -hmm. And so our awareness is growing and and you're a huge part of that. And I want to say thank you uh, for that.
0: Well, it's a a tough crowd, that team that we're on. So I have to hold my own up there with you guys.
2: You do really well. I could tell you, uh, you don't have a problem. Nobody should feel sorry for Kathy Litton. She more than holds her own. I've seen many of us have walked out the room with bloody noses and scraped elbows. Uh, Well-deserved, well-earned, but uh, we appreciate you. And and our other guest today is Kathy Hurd. Hello. Uh, welcome, Kathy. Uh, we had your executive director on our podcast uh, several weeks ago. Yep, Scott Sanders. Scott Sanders. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kathy is the Wives Coaching Director for Geneva Push, which is a church planting initiative uh, across denominational lines in Australia. That's Kathy, right. welcome. Thank you very much. Yes. And so we got to ask a few little on-the-side questions, and then and then we're going to transition through. We want to hear the story about church planting, yep. but we want to hear your stories, okay. particularly in this ep- episode, yep. uh, of, of how you got to where you got in ministry. But I've got to ask the first question. What do you love the most about Australia?
1: Beaches. See, um we we live uh, an hour north of Sydney. I live near some three or four no six beautiful beaches. I wow. love the Australian beaches. We go uh 2 hours north of us for our holidays to another beach and I love
2: it. Yeah. Very good. And by the way, we do love the accent. Uh, we've we've encouraged you by that. Uh, we think it's so cool uh, to hear someone who actually speaks differently than we do in the South, uh, in the United States. Which I can't quite believe
1: because most people find this accent ugly, so I do find it interesting that oh, you like it. Oh, no. It's, it's very
0: fascinating.
1: I love it. Okay. Y- yeah. Well, yeah. I find yours fascinating too. Yeah. I think I started to speak like Lorna when I was in the car with her too. Uh,
2: I, I, I don't think so. But anyway, that's another yeah. story. Uh, maybe. So uh, so one more one more thing. And I think Kathy's going to have a question for you, uh, but to transition us. Mm. But what is one thing when we go to Australia, one thing we need to do, eat or see? Now I'm a foodie, so I lean mm. toward the eat thing. But- okay,
1: well, I'll start there because you've said it. I think we have amazing fresh food. We have an amazing variety of food And now that I've been in Atlanta and found it very difficult to get really nice fresh vegetables, (laughs) I'm realising, wow, Australia has an amazing array of fresh food and vegetables wherever you go. Second thing I'd say is find yourself a little beach shack down on the coast and live in it for a few days and it's just beautiful.
2: Sounds fun.
0: I'm packing my bags right now. That's what I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: well,
0: Kathy, let me ask you a question. What is the spiritual climate like in Australia? Help us understand
1: the kind of situation you guys are working mm. with. Yeah, mm. um, it's it's secular. Um, uh, our media is actually anti-religion, not just non-religion. It's anti. So that we we would have regular articles talking about the need to get Christianity. Out of the country and out of um, anything uh, at all, that it's actually done the country, it's done people. Christianity does people a disservice, so it's so hostile um, across the country. We would have less than two percent that would that would be in a reformed um, church. Um, uh, so it's it's hard soil. Mm. Uh, uh,
2: uh. Very, very good. So enter Geneva Push, and uh, I've been fascinated by the whole story, but how mm. did Geneva Push, your church planting organization, how did it come into being?
1: About 21 years ago, my husband and I um, decided to start a church uh, north uh, on the Central Coast, north of Sydney. And a few years into that, oh, and I should backtrack and say that was an unusual step to take. It wasn't, church planting wasn't something that we were familiar with, that people around us were doing. Um, and so it actually caused a, a big stir that we were in the newspapers, we were actually on TV, the front page in the area had an article called Sinister Minister, because we were sort of doing this thing that was really, really bad. Um Eight or nine, ten years into that, my husband realised that it would be good to have a network that supported and facilitated um, guys wanting to plant churches. And uh, with a few other guys, uh, Geneva Push was born and uh, were able to get assessment tools and um, a coaching program and... Uh, we're a network that denominations around the country are able to use. And the idea was that we wanted to spark and enable uh, churches around the country to spring up and evangelize their areas. Wow. We're in this desert in terms of spirituality. So we wanted to bring the word of Jesus just across the nation and, and actually facilitate that happening. Yes. Wow. 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 That's a vision.
0: That is a tremendous vision. Were you a part of any kind of denomination or network before you formed this at all?
1: Yes. Um, so Andrew and I were in the Anglican Church in Sydney, which is very good, strong evangelical church. Um, stepping out of that area, though, we went into another area which was very liberal. And so we weren't able to just come in and start a church in, in that kind of area in a denomination. So we actually had to go independent. Uh, And and for for people around us, that was kind of a brave move. That was seen to be um, almost like jumping off a cliff that you would do that. Um, We just didn't quite – we just started something – we've actually started quite a few churches out of ours. Um, other churches have started. We've actually formed a denomination. It started just as a loose fellowship and, and really now it's a, it's a denomination. Yeah. So it's called the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches and it's enabled us to plant around the country without having to be tied to parochialism mm-hmm. uh, with denominations. Uh, but we, we do work with all the reform denominations around the country at, as a Geneva network.
2: Yeah, and and you talked about uh, you and your husband. His name is Andrew. Andrew, I was going to guess Andrew. I should have. It made me look smart, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Andrew. And, uh, so as a church-planting wife, what were some of the challenges you faced in the early days?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, some of the hard things is people checking you out and then choosing not to come to your church. So I think that that uncertainty all the time as you form relationships with people that they may not stay, that was difficult. For us it was difficult because we had to do a launch team from scratch. So we moved to an area people heard about us we formed a Bible study, but we had to spend a lot of time getting on the same page theologically. So that was hard, yeah. but very necessary. But that was that was very tough to do. And then I think the other thing that was hard is starting a church. You're actually forming a, a certain culture, which means you're saying the same things over and over again to people about what you want this church to be, what you want this church to look like. So our thing was don't come to us because we' we're, you're we're, we're little we're hoping to grow uh, don't come to us just because you want to be comfortable we want to sort of have you uh, challenged uh, don't come to us if you're not caring about your neighbor we actually want you to be on mission so we'd be saying these things over and over again to create the culture but that's hard work
2: mm-hmm. very much yeah so how did coaching intersect into your your story
1: yeah so uh, when um, this network was started with with um, a group of guys, so my husband and a couple of other guys started this network. Um, one of the key things that they saw planters needed was a coach. A few years in, they were recognising, and I think they recognised from the beginning, if we could do it, it would be great for the wife to also have a coach. Um, and they asked me if I'd be interested in being a person who could raise up coaches and train them. And I said, yes. Now, that was three years ago. So I hadn't had a coach myself. I didn't know how to coach. Um, but I said, yes. I now realize that was quite a lot like jumping in the deep end of a pool without knowing how to swim. And so uh-huh. we fumbled our way through. And, and under God's um, kindness, it, it is working and, it, and it's been growing since then.
2: Uh, I want I want to move to a little bit further too when we talk about what a, a church planter wife might need, what are her needs and we know, based on context, spiritual maturity, so many mm. different things, mm. that there may be some variance. But Kathy Litton, I, I want mm. you to engage as part of the conversation, too, because you've done a lot of boots-on-the-ground type work in, in in North America with this uh, confronting or tackling—tackling's a better word—tackling this issue. So I want both of you to just kind of say, here's here's what I've seen that a, a church-planting wife needs the most. I'm going to start with you, Kathy Litton.
0: Well, I mean, th- this is going to be super basic, what I'm getting ready to say, but most of them need a great deal of discipleship. We have, a, a, for the most part, a pretty young population coming into our church planning pipeline. And so it's very difficult for a 27 or 28-year-old to have the spiritual maturity and roots that they need to kind of go into this very rigorous spiritual challenge of their life. And so... Uh, while we have many of our planters that have had seminary and college, a lot of these wives have not been exposed and haven't had the really time to mature in some ways that perhaps their husband's exposure have brought to them. And so, you know, we're, Hmm. I see more and more that a lot of our issues with planters' wives are discipleship issues. Now, there are certainly pressures by the context that are very unique to them because we have, and I'm sure Kathy would say the same thing about in Australia, even more so because they're, their overall Christian population is so much less, Mm. but there's so much isolation in church planning. Um, So if you add a vulnerable spiritual woman with a lot of isolation and no great community for herself, she's very vulnerable.
2: Yes, very much so. And Mm. Kathy heard, uh, you talk about gospel conviction. Mm -hmm. So I I really love to hear you address that issue. Uh, Talk Um, about that just a little bit. Yes.
1: So I feel, uh, Gospel conviction, so the conviction that this is uh, important to God and he wants us to partner him in it, Um, and we know it's important to him because he sent Jesus to die. And why did he send Jesus to die? A very costly sacrifice. It's because he wants to save people. So we know saving people is his big purpose for the world. And, in fact, in the end, when the world is brought to an end by God, it's that he wants every knee to bow under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So knowing all that and keeping those things strong in the planter wife's mind, I think, and will help her stretch herself at the time she needs to be stretched, bend when she has to be flexible, um, take on the challenges. If those convictions are not strong in her. She'll see more how hard it is. When the convictions are strong, she'll just want to do it. Now, I'm talking simplistically, but I think those convictions are what drive a person to do this kind of tough work. And so I'd say you need a coach because that person who's a coach can help you keep strong in those convictions. Um, And, of course, you want to be growing spiritually by hearing good sermons and reading the Bible yourself and perhaps meeting with another woman, um, praying and reading the Bible one-to-one with another woman. I think an important thing, can I say this too, though, yeah. that I think is overlooked, humility. Mm. And I say that because I think sometimes wives go in feeling like they have to be a, a certain someone. Really what they need to be, which is so much more helpful, is, is real about their failure, their need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they can mm-hmm. show that even in, as they come into conflicts with people, which inevitably happen. Be a person who can apologise. Be a person who can say sorry. A person who doesn't have to be defensive—that humility, I think, is showing that you're you're a gospel person. You show the gospel in your life. Now that makes a really big impact in your church, because mm-hmm. people are influenced, uh, for better or worse, by the pastor's wife. She's not the mm-hmm. only influence, but she is yeah. an important influence. And if she's living out that gospel humility, where she doesn't have to be a perfect something, um, take that weight off her shoulders in God's grace that really says a lot to the congregation
2: that's yeah. huge yeah. Kathy Litton what are your thoughts on that
1: well i think that's been a struggle for pastors wives in america
0: for a long time this idea that we have to have it all together and and Kathy makes a great point there's nothing gospel centered about that idea no. mm-hmm. there's nothing that that suggests that i am i'm i'm a leader but i'm still broken and need a gospel, need a savior just like anyone Mm. in that congregation. And then when we understand that from our soul, then we're freed up Mm. to be authentic, Mm. to share our own story of failure and and the redemption of Jesus Christ. And not only that, the Holy Spirit power for him to transform us and continually be changing us. So I completely Mm. agree with Kathy. This gospel uh, realization when it's personally powerful in a spiritual leader, we are freed up to be people on the journey just like everybody we meet and interact with. And that only serves to put Jesus more on display in our life.
2: Well, and I think that it's uh, more than just for planting wives. Mm-hmm. I think it's pastors, mm-hmm. leaders, planting husbands. We all fall into that performance trap and forget how we got here, which is uh, which is uh, through, through the gospel, through... Uh, uh, following Jesus through knowing Jesus but through receiving what he's done for, done for us so so this conversation transcends a lot of tactical and strategic uh-huh. what do we do next but who should we be next uh, becomes really important I think that's where coaching comes in uh, Kathy heard I want to give you a, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute but yeah. what in a given conversation, Give us an example of how a gospel conviction might be passed from a coach to a planter or a planting wife, because we have both of those listening to the podcast. Mm,
1: how a gospel conviction might be passed? Uh, I just I don't know if this is quite answering your question, but but one conversation I, I I do coach some women, and so in my coaching, one of the women was. Um, Wanting to meet with someone to, for the first time, she had expressed some interest in getting to, to know what it was to be a Christian, and she was going to meet with him. But she had a lot of fear, um, and so we're able to talk through uh, where her fear came. Like ask questions, and then um, ask questions about uh, what was in, what was important here, and and how Jesus saw it, and. That this person was in darkness and needed the light that Mm. if she couldn't go and sit with her and read through the word, she wouldn't actually see the light. And that was her job was just to present that and then let the Mm -hmm. spirit do his work as to whether the person would be convicted or not. And that took a lot of weight off her shoulders. And, uh, yeah, she said she found that helpful. Um, yeah. So that's just one example. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's millions. Very stuff.
2: good. Yeah, that's, that's uh-huh. very good. Just to give a more of a concrete picture of what it looks like. Kathy Litton, uh, I, I want to give you a, a final word. And Kathy Hurd, uh, I'm glad we have another podcast coming, but uh, we want to wrap it up. Kathy, what, what's your word to uh, coaches out there, potential coaches for Planting Wives?
0: Well, they are strengthening a very important person in the church. They are they are helping a person that uh, can be easily isolated from Mm. uh, healthy spiritual relationships. Oddly enough, but Mm. so when those coaching questions are coming toward her, and she's able to talk with a sense of freedom and safety, the process. It, it it's strengthening a very, very important person. And so these women that come alongside planters' wives, and while their names will never be out there in front, quietly, they are strengthening someone that has tremendous capacity and has few resources to, to go to in times like this. And so the coaching is just a perfect tool for her.
2: Yep. And Kathy Heard, what about you? What would be a word to an aspiring church planter or church planting wife coach? Oh.
1: Um, gee, that was a good word, Kathy. <laughs> I was just Beat nodding, yeah. and I just got carried away with it. Yeah. Um, I, this, okay, so very. This, this is almost sounds unspiritual. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't.
2: It's okay. The, it's a safe place. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: trust the model too. The model actually wow. works. I've been quite surprised. I, I just learnt it very tentatively. I tried it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, when we got at the other end we help this person work through this issue and then I did it again oh my goodness it's worked again and I've, I've found this over and over again I'm praying all the way through it we pray before and pray after so I know it's God's spirit working but the model mechanically the mechanics of the model are very helpful asking people yeah. questions helping them work out and process their own thinking for themselves and and bringing in advice only when it's needed letting them work things through so that they are actually growing in their own sense of inner leadership. It, that's a that's a it's actually amazing how this works. Well, wow. it's, it,
2: it's called letting the Holy Spirit do the work. Uh, he is so much more thorough than me, so much more smarter, and he goes with that person as they leave. So that's right. So very good. Well, uh, if you're interested in Geneva Push, uh, Kathy Heard has some really good material uh, that's available through the website. So in the show notes, you'll see the Geneva Push, but you could— uh, Google Geneva Push, of course, yes. and you'll get there faster than, than that. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in—if you're, a, a, if you're a, a, a wife, if you're in context uh, in, in a church field, and you say, I think I'd like to be a coach, you don't even have to be a church planting wife. I think to be an effective coach, uh, understanding what your role is in the life of a church planting wife, a great way to help someone, contact your Sin City missionary, contact your church planter catalyst. Uh, we will get the word. And uh, as we move forward in the Sin Network with Church Planting Wives Coaching, I I am so encouraged by where we are. And so you may be a part of helping us get to the next level. So until the next Sin Network Coaching Podcast, keep coaching.
1: You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.